wild women welcome back to the femme podcast it is jack here so i am so delighted to introduce you to this woman and it is the beautiful gorgeous stunning mel wells you can find her on instagram at i am mel wells she is such a gorgeous soul mel is a two-time best-selling hay house author She is a global speaker. She's a leading coach with almost a decade of experience helping women to step into their full expression of feminine power, wisdom, and leadership. Her mission is to empower the innate essence and wisdom in women all around the world, helping us to all remember our magic and within that, our true power. With a thriving online membership for Soul Sisters Inside the Goddess Collective, a top-charting weekly podcast show talking all things love, sex, and magic, What drives her is the desire for women to live as their fullest expression of self, to break free from our conditioning and explore every faucet of our soul on this human journey. I am so excited to introduce you to this conversation. Enjoy. Hello. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited to be diving in with this conversation with Mel Wells. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Okay, so I have been following you for so long, like through so much of your journey. And I feel like Sometimes, you know, social media is a funny place. We all know it, but you feel like you sort of know someone as you like go through this journey with them and you evolve with them and grow with them. And I was not expecting this feeling as I logged in with you today, but I I feel like I'm a little bit like, oh, I'm talking to Mel Wells right now. And like uh-huh. you and Jack have met each other in person, you know, you've seen each other, but I just like popped on the screen. I'm like, hey been following you for like I don't know millions of years through probably different lifetimes and now you're just on my computer screen so I'm wow. really excited to be chatting with you thank you thank you so much I I love that and I love hearing that from people and I love getting to meet people who have been with me for so many years and yeah I feel really honored to have been in this space for so many years you know I've really I've nearly been in this industry for a whole decade so people really have been on been on a whole journey with me since the since the beginning so oh my gosh and I love that I like found you just as you were like falling in love with your man and your baby daddy so I've seen this really like quick rapid like growth and journey that you've been on so it's been really cool to see from that perspective I'm excited to like dive in today me too so I actually signed up for and admittedly didn't take the entire course, but it was the seven, I think it was like a seven day archetype challenge. It was a free challenge. Yeah. 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 It was free, which was incredible. I want to know, I feel like as leaders and healers and mentors and coaches, we have these modalities that really like land for us and really propel us forward and become part of our work and part of our conversation. And the archetypes, when I learned them from you, just felt like so much of who you are. Like it was like this language that you spoke that you could teach us all how to speak. I don't even know what my question is, but like, what are the archetypes to you? Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, when I discovered 
the female archetypes by Carl Jung. This is like a Jungian psychiatrist. It, yeah, it just resonated in my body as just like ancient wisdom that I already knew. And for me, it really gave me um, a lot more of a layered and nuanced understanding of feminine energy, you know? So it no longer became about like a conversation between masculine or feminine energy. It became a conversation around like all these different kinds of feminine energy and all these different embodiments of feminine energy and all these different ways that we can express ourselves as women in feminine bodies. And so the seven archetypes that I like to work with are the maiden, the mother, the wild woman or the mystic, the lover, the wise woman or the crone, the huntress and the queen. For me, when I'm coaching female leaders, uh, the queen is the archetype that we that we focus on the most because the queen is the one who is very much in devotion and service to her community, to her people. She's very focused on the big vision, the big picture. She's moving people towards a better world, a new world. She casts mm-hmm. a vision for a new world. And then she says, let's go. This is where we're heading. This is the vision. This is where we're going. Are you in, basically? And she's able to lead from the heart. You know, she's able to lead in her most divine expression. She's able to lead with love. She's able to lead with compassion and grace. And then the shadow of the queen would be like the tyrant or the diva or the kind of ice queen that we might have seen in movies, which is very much like seeking revenge, off with their heads, superiority complex, thinking that everyone is beneath her. And so with every archetype, we have to kind of look at the shadow of that archetype as well and make sure that we are we are embodying the healthiest expression of that archetype. And, you know, also the queen is the archetype who really truly knows her worth, right? She's really embodied in her sovereignty, her dignity, her worthiness. And so, yeah, that's the, the journey that I love to work on with my clients who come to me who are entrepreneurs wanting to grow and scale is helping them embody more of their queen and helping them step out of this kind of hustle culture mentality or maiden archetype, which is very much like waiting for someone to come along and save them and give them all the answers. Queen really is the leader of her own life. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like this is so, you know, in alignment with what we do tend to see sometimes as people like step into their business. As soon as you said that made an archetype too, it's like trying to be like, okay, well, just tell me this or tell me. And I know that was like our journey to me. It was like, someone just tell us what to do and we'll do it. And then as we like grew and evolved, the stepped into our own. And like now what we lead women to do is like to go in and like find their, find their own truth to find that like queendom to find their own worthiness and that it does, that it resides within, right. It's not mm-hmm. anything that you get out here. It's not mm-hmm. external. It's like all internal and standing at that level of power for yourself. Exactly. And yes, the maiden archetype, when we think about the maiden, like we all start off as a maiden in the maiden archetype and we all, our culture really raises maidens and teaches us to be maidens, right? And the maiden is really waiting to be chosen, waiting to be picked. And the queen decides to choose herself. She stops waiting and she decides to be the leader in her own life rather than outsourcing that uh, power elsewhere. Mm. That's a big deal. And our audience Uh, knows that I, the waiting energy for me is so repulsive in my body that as like we raise maidens at like women who wait just made me like, ugh, you know, question when you, the moment you said the huntress, my whole body was like, you know, 
like I'm just curious about my own response to that like what what is that mm. yeah yeah I mean probably you have a strong affinity with the huntress so you probably have some strong huntress energy so the huntress is the warrior so she's like if you imagine wonder woman or you know an amazonian warrioress so she's very much like goal oriented sees what she wants goes and gets it she's um a natural leader natural protector of other women um yeah i always think of like these these characters that we see that are like very action action heroines right that's yeah. the huntress like so, like, like <laughs> Does that mean I get to be Candace Everdeen? Because if so... Exactly, exactly, exactly. So Candace Everdeen is exactly the huntress. So like we get to channel this huntress energy when we like got to get shit done. We're on a deadline. We're moving things forwards. We're moving the needle forwards. But the shadow of the huntress can be the hustler, Mm -hmm. right? So we can push ourselves too much. We can burn out. We can sacrifice our body. We can sacrifice our health, our relationships. So we have to kind of just be aware of that, which is why I like to work with uh, women and kind of moving them away from being all huntress and more into queen, which is just a little more embodied power without needing to kind of push so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. But I do love Katniss. <laughs> yeah, she's a boss. She's a boss. The way the way that I like to describe it is like the huntress is like on the front lines, like ready to yeah. fight, right? And the queen yeah. gets to kind of sit on her throne. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think for me too, like there's something like sensual about the huntress that's just like, you know, seductive. Mm. Like yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I'm going to go back to that and revisit the Huntress. Yeah, um, what I felt there when you said that too is like the queen sits on her throne. I felt that big difference in energy. Like the queen sits on her throne, but she's not in that waiting energy that really stuck out for me. You said about the maiden. It's like how often are women who are, you know, leaders and in the coaching industry and coming into a space like this where they're like, okay, but I have to wait to be picked, but it feels like the queen's like, no, like I am the queen, like mm-hmm. yet to be picked. Like they're like, you know what I mean? It felt like a very, sh- a big shift in energy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And like the, the queen, you know, throughout history would always believe, you know, there was this, there was this through line of queens and monarchs that like were believed that they were picked by God to be in that position. Right. So there's, there's very much this message with the queen archetype of I am here because I was divinely chosen for this mission. I love that. I love that too. So we're going to rapid fire these questions. And I mean, a lot of our audience will follow you and knows you like, I obviously know you, (laughs) (laughs) but some of them won't know you and they'll be hearing your voice and your story for the first time. So like, you don't have to keep these answers like super focused, but as much as you want to like bring in parts of your story and your journey, that's just an invitation so that we can like learn who Mel Wells is, you know? Oh, sounds good. All right. So tell us your purpose in this lifetime and how you're fulfilling it. Ooh, my purpose in this lifetime is to help women remember their magic, remember their power and remember who the fuck they are. How am I fulfilling it? 
uh, by being the embodiment of that and sharing that with my community in every which way I can possibly imagine. <laughs> Literally just a mic drop when you were like, and remember, like guiding women to remember who they are. Like imagine what happens in this world when we all like, just like truly anchor in and like, remember who the fuck we are. I mean, seriously, like there's just so, there's just so much innate medicine in being a woman. And so many of us have forgotten that. So that's why all of my work is, is I'm always going to work with women on remembering our feminine magic, our feminine power, because we have been raised in a man's world. We have been raised in a patriarchal world and we have in many ways kind of adopted very well to that world. But in many ways that, that culture hasn't honored or revered the feminine. And so there's a lot of ancient wisdom that our ancestors embodied that we that we have forgotten, right? And so we get to remember that as women. So we get to do things differently. That's why I'm excited about more and more female leaders coming through because we're not just female leaders who are doing it just as good as men. We're female leaders who are getting to tap into our feminine powers and do things in a different way from men. 1,000%. Yeah. I was going to ask you when you said earlier, like moving women out of that hustle culture, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, we're, we're all in the same realm of entrepreneurship, right? We're, we're coaches, leaders. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I forget that the hustle culture, like still very much exists in the world. Like it's still so prevalent you know? And it just, it kind of gave me this jolt of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like we, we are uprooting decades and like generations of literally hustling, you know, literally doing it in that masculine energy, hunting our way to success, you know? So yeah, good on you for taking the lead on that and staying in your soul expression because we know, right, that every single time we get to witness a woman embody that truth and her magic and and live in the expression of who the fuck she is, then it creates a wake and it creates this portal and doorway for every woman after her, around her, amidst her to do the same. So I think being the embodiment of that is such a gift to women. So I'm just going to throw to thank you because <laughs> no. Um, what was the moment you knew you were meant for more than what you had? Yeah, it's, I think, I think I was like eight years old driving in, I was sitting in the back seat of my mom and dad's car and we were driving through my hometown, which was Coventry in the United Kingdom. And I asked I was looking at like this kind of drab world outside the window and I was thinking, wow, do people, do people really just like, are people happy with this? Like, do people stay here? And um, I asked my mom, did you like grow up here? And she said, yes. And I said to my dad, did you grow up here? And he said, yes. And I said, why are you both still here? Mm. (laughs) And I, I remember just feeling this like sense of, oh, I don't belong here. Like I'm going somewhere way different, you know? And I moved out pretty much as soon as I could. And um, yeah, I think that would be the moment where I was like, 
wait, people are happy with this. People are satisfied with just staying in the same place forever and never. And, you know, fair enough if your hometown is like a, a really incredible place, but um, mine was not. <laughs> so I was like, I want to be where people with big dreams are, you know, I, you know, I want to be living somewhere way more inspiring. So I think that was the time when I, when I realized I was made for more. So, I mean, since then, if we, if we do follow your journey and your story a little bit, then, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that you've been to some pretty incredible places, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Have you found that landing in some of those incredible places with people who do have big dreams and are chasing them and following them, have you felt like that has satiated your desire for more? Um, or do you feel like there's always, you know, now you, you said you're in Austin, you were in Costa Rica. Um, like, d- does it feel like there's always something different for you to explore there? Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've lived in um, London, Los Angeles, Miami, Bali, Costa Rica. Um, and now I've just landed in Austin two months ago, uh, preparing for the birth of my first child, which I'm so excited about. Um, but yes, I've always desired to surround myself with people who have big dreams and are moving towards them. And if I don't have that, then I feel, yeah, I just feel like, why would I not give that to myself? <laughs> if, I, if I have the freedom to give that to myself, I definitely want to be in a community full of people who are also mm-hmm. thinkers, big dreamers, visionaries, entrepreneurs, uh, change makers. And that was one of the reasons why we moved to Austin because there's such a huge entrepreneurial community here who are also having families. But I remember years ago, an ex of mine, his sister said to me, um, when I was saying that I just don't feel satisfied like living in the hometown forever, she said to me, I, I feel sorry for you because you're always looking for something more. And I remember thinking to myself, I feel sorry for you because you're never looking for something more. Um, yeah, it's so, I was just having a conversation with someone about this. I can't remember the exact context, but it's like two different types of people, you know, mm-hmm. like the type of, I mean, I'm sure there's way more than two different types, of people, but, but that is two different types of people, you know, and my dad is like the perfect expression and, and your parents sound very similar, but like would rather not travel because he likes his toothbrush in his mm-hmm. cup by his thing. And like, you know, it, it's, it's, um, everything feels like a stretch, but not a desirable stretch. Like, oh, why mm-hmm. would you even want to do that? You know, Um, there's so much fear around change. And, you know, I can remember being with a a partner, you know, 10 years ago, and he would have preferred to stay being a big fish in a small pond. And I wanted to move ponds and I wanted to be a tiny fish in a huge pond. Mm. But some people are very, very content with just their little bubble and their little world. And they don't really go outside that world and they don't really aim to to grow beyond that bubble because they don't want to be that small fish again they'd rather be the big fish in the small pond right (laughs) but yeah I actually wrote my second book was called hungry for more it was written to help women heal their relationship with food which was the kind of coaching that I did when I first entered this industry and the message of that book was really designed for women who are like soul hungry for more in their lives 
right and so oftentimes you know we we're experiencing our relationship with our life through various different outlets and one of those outlets is our relationship with food or how we consume or how we spend or how we buy or how we you know engage with a vice let's say and so this kind of need for more 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 if we're not getting it on a soul level if we're not getting it on a life level we can be looking for that and kind of expressing that through food as an example. Mm, I feel that. Love it. Yeah. And I, I do feel like, you know, that perspective shift of being a small fish in a big sea versus a big fish in a small sea. I feel like that satisfaction and that fullness and like that hunger gets satiated when you're constantly receiving from all of these different influences and inspirations and like you're witnessing and and literally getting to experience firsthand so much of what you desire that it becomes your experience and you become soul filled without that need for additional consumption. But as the big fish, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're the only one feeding yourself almost, you know, like Mm -hmm. where are you getting any of that inspiration Mm -hmm. or that soul food? um, If we want to. And I think it's really important for people listening to really get that, like the, the way to like truly feel like fulfilled in all areas of our lives is not by just constantly seeking more, 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 right. There's got to be like a, a recognition of I am enough as I am. I am whole and complete as I am. I I love myself. And so sometimes we can be seeking from this place of lack, from this place of I'm not good enough. I'm broken. There's something missing. I'll only be good enough or I'll only be worthy of love once I hit a million dollars, once I do a TED talk, once I become an author, once I blah, 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 blah. And we have to really be aware of where we may be doing that and kind of really take a look at if I didn't do any of these things, would I still feel worthy of my own love? You know, would I still feel whole and complete if I didn't have this goal that I was pushing myself to get to? Absolutely. And in the femme world, um, the way that we, cause we talk about more a lot, you know, yes, please, more, please. Um, building more on top of more, not needing to hit rock bottom in order to desire and manifest more. But I feel like the definition of more is also so important, right? Because it's not necessarily more properties or more money or more clients or more followers or or whatever it is, but more is almost this like internal expansion. You know, it's almost like, can you expand your capacity to feel more love? Can you expand your capacity to give more love, to see and feel gratitude, to anchor into appreciation, to be in deep breaths? It's like more of that soul satiating goodness rather than that you know, collection of material more that we know is fleeting and so temporary. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, Thank you for making that distinction. Yeah. I think that's so important. So we've only got a couple more minutes, but I also only have two more questions. So what's the biggest up level you've ever experienced and the most noticeable shift that got you there? Oh, wow. What a good question. What is the biggest up level that I experienced and the biggest shift that got me there? Yeah, I think the one that's coming to mind is when I actually, for the first maybe four years of my business journey, I felt I felt like I didn't want to have a coach. I didn't want to have a mentor because I couldn't see anyone in the space whose business I wanted to be like. 
I couldn't see anyone that I was like, oh, I want to have a business like hers. So I'm going to hire her. I was like, I really just want to do my own thing. And there's no one out there that looks like anything like I want to create. So therefore I don't need a mentor. And when I actually got over that shit (laughs) and hired one anyway, who didn't have a business that I wanted to emulate, but I was like, I like the vibe anyway. That's when I noticed a big up level. And then I was like, oh, I should have done this years ago. But, um, but yeah, I was in the story of, I can only hire someone if I want to have a life and a business exactly like this. Well, and I think what happens too, is like now, as we like, you know, really tap into what mentorship is about, it goes back to what you said, you know, your purpose here, like what I believe mentorship is about is stirring that activation within the client, you know, get allowing them to like, remember their truth through your guidance. And so this idea of like, I can only hire someone if I want my business to look exactly like theirs. It's like, no, I'm, I'm hiring. Like oftentimes I say like, I hire like the mentor because of like the belief codes she carries because of the wisdom that she carries so that I can tune into that own wisdom within me. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I think, yeah, we, we see a lot of times someone will hire a mentor or someone will hire a coach and then they will start to emulate that coach or they will start to imitate that coach. And so I'm a double Aquarius. (laughs) And so I'm very much like, if I, if I'm not feeling like I'm doing a unique thing in the world, I'm like, Oh, it makes my skin crawl. Right. So like the, the, for me, it's like, I have to make sure that like, I'm never emulating anyone else or never imitating anyone else. And so I think that was like a part of that story for me was I just don't want that to ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Aquarius energy with you. (laughs) (laughs) In that sense, it would almost be better to find a mentor who doesn't have what you want or Mm -hmm. lead like you desire to lead. Right. So that you, you don't feel that crossover or, um, whatever. Okay. So last question is what's your quantum vision? Ooh, a quantum vision. What's it? What's a quantum vision? Like what's your, like beyond what you can see into the realm of potentiality and possibility, the biggest vision that you could imagine for yourself, for the world, for your community. Um, like if you could re, if you could rewrite this story starting today, I would love to, to, I would love to live in a world and I would love to create a world for our children to live in where feminine wisdom and feminine magic and the woman is truly worshipped as the goddess and where women are treated and honored in such high regard um, that there is no more, there is no more injustice towards women. There's no more sexism in the world Women are treated as goddesses, as queens, as bringers of life. And um, that's the world that I want to raise my children in. I also really have a vision for all education being completely turned on its head and a lot more spiritual conscious education and schooling for Mm -hmm. for our children. Uh, that's That's a big part of my vision. I love that. And I love that, you know, as you're having your your first child and you're having a boy and my first is a boy. And then I have my daughter as well. And I think sometimes it's this idea of like, you know, raising women, Robin has two daughters and it's like, okay, like how we're raising women, but also like how we're raising men, how we're raising our, our boys. And 
Um, I mean, my, my son, as soon as he like came into this world, like felt this like very like deep soul and, and spirit. And so, yeah, I'm just like, so excited to like witness your journey into motherhood and being that boy mama. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Mel was so nice to chat with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah. For being here and for flowing through this conversation and so excited to learn from you and to, um, just thank you. Mm, thank you so much. I appreciate you both. Take care. Bye, Bye babe.